Solutionary.org podcast coming your way. Episode 399 Q&A. Steve me here. And the Rickster. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? So, guys, we have some fun topics ahead. Let's get to the first one. Uh, this one, smaller guy. He's 150 pounds, and he wants some steroid advice. So, when you're when you're a skinny small guy, it's really tempting to hop on the juice. You know, you want to get bigger. Now, if you were to hop on steroids, run a steroid cycle, he would grow. I mean, like a weed, because steroids they increase protein synthesis, they increase appetite. You know, if you're running the you know a good bulking stack, it's going to do that. Adds a lot of water retention into your muscles, into your body. A lot of water into the cells. Most of your body's made up of muscle. Uh, I'm sorry. Most of your body's made up of water. Most of your muscles made up of water. So obviously, if you're a skinny guy. You're a, a carrot. You know, you're you're 150 pounds. You're gonna blow up on steroids. Now, what happens when you come off steroids? Those gains that you put on. They're probably going to evaporate because what happens is all that water weight you put on, all that size you put on when you're on steroids, is just going to come back. Your body is going to go back to a homeostasis. So if you're that skinny, my main concern is even if you gain all that size and you kept working out and hypothetically you kept most of your gains, my concern would be what's going to happen to your soft tissues in your body. Because that's a lot of strain that you're going to be put on your body in, in a very short amount of time. That would be my concern. So I always encourage guys to build a proper base before they hop on steroids. And that was really good advice that was given to me before I started using steroids was, you know, by someone. They said, you know, no matter how much of a base you think you have, it doesn't matter Spend the next six months, spend the next year building an even stronger base. Work out consistently. Earn your way in, into it. Earn your way to have the privilege of using anabolic steroids because they do work and they work beautifully well. But if you have all that room to improve and you use steroids to make a big jump, then you're not building a proper base and you're basically, those gains are not going to be as keepable as they would be if you built a proper base first, then use anabolic steroids. So that's what I tell, I would tell this person. I wouldn't even tell them to use steroids. I would tell them, man, you've got to build a proper base. You got to get your diet on point. Nutritious food builds muscle, okay? Not junk, not Pop-Tarts, not cereal, not McDonald's, not Chick-fil-A, these these don't put on good quality mass. It's not nutritious food. You need nutritious food in your diet. You need your fruits. You need your vegetables. You need your good quality, high fat meats. Okay. Uh, um, you need nuts, raw nuts. Okay. You need, you know, these are good quality foods that you put in your body. So spend the next year doing this. Spend the next year. And then you can earn the right to run anabolic steroids. And a good bulking cycle to run would be mixing in some testosterone with DECA, maybe some Dianabol. These are good. These are these are uh, compounds that don't cause like you know major major problems versus running something like Trembolone, which will, or Anadrol, which will. Anadrol can really screw up your liver. 
It can bind estrogen receptors, very difficult to combat. Testosterone got a lot of side effects, guys. It's going to shut you down hard. It's going to cause a lot of estrogen issues. It's going to cause androgenic issues when you run it at four or 500 milligrams a week. But you can manage those sides if you run the proper ancillaries. You know, you run your um, aromatized inhibitors, the aromacin with it. You run your, your N2Guard for your kidneys, for your liver. You, you'll be fine on it. DECA, very, very safe steroid. Very little side effects. It aromatizes a quarter as much as a testosterone does. And then Dianabol, any idiot can use it. It's, you can run 10 or 20 milligrams a day. That's it and get tremendous results on it as a newbie. Uh, you can, hell, you can just run Dianable by itself for, for five or six weeks. Just run the N2Guard with it for your liver. Just run that 20, 30 milligrams a day and have an AI on hand and, and you can get great results as, as a skinny guy. So those are different options. But guys, you know, at the end of the day, I'm never going to tell someone who's skinny, who looks like they never lifted weights before. I'm never going to tell them, yeah, it's safe to go on a steroid cycle. I want you to build a proper base I want you to get, get it, you know, because all these skinny guys who hop on steroids, there's a very small percentage that five years later, 10 years later are still working out and still using steroids and still knee high in the, in the game. If you, if you're not that committed in the first place, you're not committed to your workouts, you're not committed to your diet, then why would you run steroids? Because what's going to happen is you're going to run steroids and then you're going to be like, shit, I love the way steroids do. I'm getting such fast results on steroids. I'm getting great. I'm gaining a lot of weight. I'm getting stronger. I have an appetite. And then you're going to be like, shit, now I can't work out without the steroids. Because you're going to come off the steroids and you're going to be like, shit, I don't have any motivation to work out. I, I miss those pumps. I miss the results, getting the fast results. I, love, I miss looking in the mirror and seeing results on a daily basis. You see what I'm saying? So that's a, that's something you have to, you have to realize. And that happens with so many people. Um, it's, it's almost like dating a, a gorgeous woman and then she dumps you and then she's like a nine. And then you go and start dating a five, you know, you have to do that. You're like, shit, I, you want that nine, you want that nine again. And that five is never going to satisfy you the way the nine did but you're stuck with the five and that's, what's going to happen if you run steroids when you're really not ready, you haven't, you haven't put in the time yet. So I encourage everybody to, you know, even if you think you're ready, still give it another year and really, really challenge yourself for the next year to build great conditioning. And then you can kind of take things to the next level because at the end of the day, I, I tell guys all the time who aren't ready for steroids, I say, you're going to get injured. 100% chance you're going to get injured because that's what happens. When you, you're skinny, you hop on steroids, you put on 20 pounds fast, you're going to get injured. All that strength you put on, you're going to get injured in a fast amount of time. Your body can't handle it. Rick, what's your guidance on this? If you're 150 pounds, uh, you've got to go get a thyroid panel and figure out maybe your thyroid's kind of overactive. If it's not, if that's not the issue, then it, you just don't eat enough. You need to eat enough, force feed a little bit, and you need to have five to seven years of natural weight training where you're consistent and you're taking motherfucking sets to failure. You know, you're taking sets to failure. You're pumping the muscle when it hurts. That Those are the reps that really count. If you're doing all of those things, you should look pretty darn jacked like a Bruce Lee sort of character. You know, if that's those are your genetics. 
And once you look like a like a Bruce Lee sort of character where you've developed your musculature as, as much as you possibly can and you're a buck fifty and change, drop some steroids on top of that, you'll gain a permanent 20 to 30 pounds that you'll be able to keep on. Anything much more than that, you might end up losing it quite quickly. You can get you can be 180 pounds um, with those genetics. Talking from experience here, but you you shouldn't consider steroids unless you look like fucking Bruce Lee. Straight up, go 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 check it out. If you if you're that committed and you're 150 pounds and you're that committed to weight training, you should look you should look solid rock, diesel built, and you just the juice can can do something for you then. Then you can gain some permanent poundage. Then you'll you're getting somewhere. And, th- and you'll need to force feed a little bit because most guys don't don't eat enough. You could uh so a few tricks, you know, I put peanut butter and honey, you know, raw honey and bananas in with my whey milkshakes, and I'd have more milkshakes. Uh you can uh take rice with uh chicken broth and maybe some some grilled chicken breast chopped up, maybe a little bit of uh steamed spinach, who knows? Throw that in a in a ninja blender. Woo! So much easier to chomp all that down. If you have to chew the chicken and chew everything each time, I used to just get a pump, a really hard pump on my my jaw when I was on the sauce. So you can force feed that way. Just drink it down, and you're basically drinking a uh, chicken and rice and spinach meal with chicken broth. You know, uh, a throw. You, you, you put that in the blender, throw a little bit of coconut oil on it. Then you you take that, that, that goo and then you microwave it, make it nice and warm. Scarf that down for calories. So those are the things you need to do. As far as steroids, what steroids can you take? Look, man, if you've done five to seven years of natural training where you push your body, you know, you're doing sets beyond failure. You're, you're going, I mean, you're going for it. Um, dude, almost anything you fucking do will get you those 20, 30 pounds that you'll be able to bump up and, and keep natty too. As long as you don't like crash your natural test production, oh, hcgenerate.com, guys, my product. Please make sure to support the, the podcast by buying my product, hcgenerate.com. Great product to take along with your cycle so you don't crash your testosterone production. So, you do take care of those bases, man. Almost anything. Steve just gave you a bunch of ideas. And look, listen to podcast number 398 and 396, where we're actually going to go through single compound cycles, double compound cycles. We're doing triple compound cycles on episode 400, right? And you for newbies, for intermediate, and you'll get a really good idea. If you're that guy, you're 150 pounds, look like look like Bruce Lee, God rest his soul. And, you know, you've been training that hard where you're like, okay, only thing I can do is steroids. And you've you've at least tried force feeding, you know, gaining, put slamming on the calories, counting them out, making sure you're getting high, high amounts of calories and protein. You've done all these things, ready for the sauce. Those episodes, 398, 396, and 400, right on this feed, will give you most of the information or at least a good place to start researching what what compounds you should be looking at. What do you think, Steve? Training is the number one thing because if you don't stress the muscle, 
you're not going to grow it. You should look good already before you take steroids. Bottom line, guys, we'll say five to seven years. You should fucking look good already. You have to know how to train as well. Yeah, like you, you've got to have gotten yourself there already. And if you're a performance guy, can then you should have been already achieving and doing something where the juice can take you the rest of the way. Like you've got to, you don't, you've got to already be doing it, and then you could throw the the sauce on top of it. The steroids will actually take you to places you never even thought you could go. But you can't use the steroids as your base to getting started and just getting going. That doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a good long-term plan. Right, right, Steve? Look, at the end of the day, it's all, it's just like food, okay, is important, nutritious. I said that at the beginning. But if you just throw a bunch of food at your body and throw a bunch of calories, you're just going to get fat. Like we see the typical American, they eat a lot of food and they're fucking, they got, look like they're pregnant. So we don't want that, right? When, no. when you when you force feed you journal and you weight yourself and you watch in the mirror, you take progress pictures. It's a very it's part of learning yourself. But yeah, look, would you agree, Steve, that there are a lot of guys that are 150 pounds that could get natty to 160, 170. They're just not eating enough. Would you agree that you've run across that at least? It's not necessarily the case, though, because uh, there's there's a lot of skinny guys. that Not, eat. not always, not yeah. always. But have you seen it? Have you seen these guys that are small eaters for no fucking reason at all? I see the those people. They're younger guys. Like I said, they'll eat a pop tart for breakfast. They'll eat like a fucking tofu eating millennials, basically. No, 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 no. They'll, they'll eat a couple slices of pizza for lunch. They're college students. I know. I mean, I, you know, I, you know, I went in college, the same thing. They might have romaine noodles for dinner. They're college students. They can't afford to eat what I eat. I mean, I had, you know, two drumsticks of chicken. I had some chicken breast for, for dinner. I mean, a lot of them can't do that. I mean, this is, uh, this is, this is what it is. So if you can just fix your diet and try to eat as good as you can, that can make a bigger, but it's the workouts. It's the workouts that build muscle. You have to stress the muscle. Like I said, the typical American, you go to Walmart, go to Walmart and walk around. The typical American is fat got a big belly it's not because they're not eating they're eating a lot of food and they got a big belly it's not about the food that the amount of food that you get it's about your training your training is number one you have to get on a good workout program and like rick said the intensity of your workout is important and of course you know i don't want to sound you know you know like i i talked about this on the ef podcast with rick but I don't want to sound like these people because I do have good genetics. Like when I started lifting weights, I started gaining muscle and started gaining strength very rapidly. Some people just don't have the genetics. So even if you run steroids, you're still not going to achieve that body that you want because your genetics suck. And that's okay because in weight training, it doesn't matter if you have great genetics or bad genetics, you could still enjoy weight training. You can still get results. So it's not really important. I went, I worked out when I was in high school, the entire summer with a buddy of mine. And this guy didn't even look like he worked out by the end of you know the summer. But I had made such great gains. And um, and the guy also, guess what, Rick? He had cancer at a very young age too. So some people are just fucked genetically. Some people are just fucked genetically. Like you get cancer at a, such a young age as a teenager and you can't gain muscle. You think that's just a coincidence? No, some people just are fucked genetically. So- Again, I'm not blaming the victim. I don't want to victim blame. Some guys are not going to be able to. But even if you're 150 pounds, skinny, carrot, you could still, if you get a good workout program and you work out with intensity, you work out smart, you can still put on size. 
You can still add strength. You're not going to be at my level, but you're still going to put at, put on strength. So that's a nice thing about weight training. And that's why a lot of guys gravitate to weight training versus, versus other sports. All right, buddy, you want to go to the next topic? All right. Yeah, cool, man. That was a, that was a nice, good, long topic. So, so I'll give you, I'll give you the first steps on this one. Cause you're the joint expert. This guy wants to know, why do I get knee pain only on steroids? That's interesting. A lot of different reasons. I mean, what steroids? Winstrol? Winstrol will give most of us pain. So you'll deal with that. Uh, are you maybe doing harder work and going harder in the gym, more, more plates? You know, the steroids are great at making all the, that muscle really strong, but the steroids do nothing really for, uh, for tendons and joints. So you want to be real careful. You know, those tissues will build over time. They'll get stronger over time just with your weight training, just that. But the steroids will make your muscle, the red tissue, very strong, very quickly. So you could be putting extra strain on your knees. You know, that there's, it, it could be a combination of the compound. You're, you're taking Taster D-ball, but you're slamming those anti-estrogens. You know, you're hitting them up really hard. And for some reason, it is your knee, the first joint to feel it. Maybe your knee was the, jo was the joint that had the most advanced deterioration and the dropping the estrogen, crashing your estrogen, you know, like these guys using, you know, uh, 40 megs of D-ball and, and, aromasin and all that stuff maybe you're crashing your estrogen and that was the first joint that was maybe kind of sort of on its way looking like it might go somewhere and it's starting a signal <laughs> letting you know that's where you stand with it so could be different 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 reasons you could could even not maybe not even be the steroid but be the actual anti-estrogen so um just something I think about. You definitely need to look at it more and, and assess it more and get more educated. It's very, definitely would need more info to, to know from here. Also, what movements does it hurt? Just regularly walking or just during certain exercises or during stretching? Or does it pop? Does it crackle? It's a lot of different little, little things that, that kind of need to be assessed uh, before you really know. But look, best case scenario, man, just go to the Go to the go to the doc, go to the therapist, go to the guy who's gonna take a look at your leg and, and tell you what's what's up. You know what I mean? Anabolic steroids. Anabolic steroids, not catabolic steroids. These are anabolic steroids. So they're gonna cause inflammation. Now, catabolic steroids like cortisone and stuff are anti-inflammatories, they're gonna reduce the inflammation. So if you've ever gone to a doctor and they put you on steroids, and you're like, oh man, you know. Like I know people, they break bones or something and, or they have allergies and the doctor puts them on steroids. Like, Oh, I'm going to get muscle on this. They're so excited, but they, 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 they're, you know, they don't realize they're getting put on catabolic steroids. So, um, so yeah. And you know, anabolic steroids are inflammatory. When you inflame your joints, you're, you're, they're going to hurt. You know, that's just the way it works. I mean, it's just like tendonitis. It's like, you know what I'm saying? So that could be a prime reason. I think there's also a possibility you have an injury. You have an injury in that, in that knee. That's uh, not a big deal initially, but if you keep pounding away on it, you're going to get, it's going to become chronic. So you have to back off. I recommend you never start a cycle 
if you have pre-existing injuries like that. Because when you're running the steroids, they're just going to make the injuries worse. Steroids don't heal injuries. So, so I hope that makes sense for a lot of you out there who think that steroids heal. Because a lot, a lot, most people, if you ask them on the street, Rick, you know, they're going to think steroids heal because they've probably heard of someone who's taken steroids for some injury, you know, but they didn't realize they were taking corticosteroids, catabolic steroids, like cortisone, you know, stuff like that. So, or prednisone. So at the end of the day, you have to manage your body. The worst thing you can do, the worst thing you can do here is keep pounding away and take anti-inflammatory drugs like aspirin or Tylenol or whatever before your workout. Because I know people that do that and it'll take more after their workout. Now, when you do that, you're reducing the inflammation temporarily. The inflammation is your body's way of healing the injury. So cutting that off doesn't make any sense. And then you're working out and causing more damage, which doesn't make any sense. And that, that those drugs are telling your brain that you don't have any pain, which doesn't make any sense because now you don't know when to not push. That's why you see boxers who take painkillers before the boxing match. And then they'll be boxing and they'll get their fucking nose broken and their lips busted and their jaw broken. And then they won't even know it during the boxing match because they're on painkillers. Same thing in your sport, Rick, MMA. They do that shit all the time. And they try to test them for painkillers for that reason because they don't want these people. But what ends up happening is you get tremendous amount of damage. Yeah, your, your body you know? makes its own. Your body makes its own uh, painkillers. Your brain makes its own painkillers. Is the reason the exogenous synthetic painkillers works because the receptors are there for it because your body is uh is been evolved to create its own compounds, its own chemistry that alleviates pain when you're fighting when you're in the fight when when it when it matters when survival is at stake you know so uh yeah it's very very interesting next one we're gonna talk about is no gains on steroids after 10 weeks is my stuff bunk so this one you know just like the previous question can be a lot of factors in play one of the main things that we see is guys overrate what anabolic steroids can do for them so they'll think they'll see uh what, what, what will happen they'll see a transformation on the internet and they'll see this guy post a before and after picture and the before picture he's just like kind of sticking out his stomach he's not flexing he's got like a sad face and in the after picture he's like sucking in his gut He's oils up his skin. He gets a tan. He's smiling. You know what I'm saying? So you can literally just do that and look different. You don't even need to run steroids, you know? So, and if you add steroids and working out and eating good during that cycle to it, you can see, you know, people have a tremendous transformations. So you'll see that and you're like, oh my God, I should completely transform my body. And a lot of times people end up getting very disappointed with their steroid use. For that reason, they expect too much. So if you expect too much, you're not going to get what you so desire. So that that's the main thing I've seen over years on forums is people overrate what steroids are capable of. And um, yeah, at the end of the day, it could be bonk as well. Check your source, check the brand you're using. Uh, make sure, 
you know, you can get blood work done um, and see what the blood work shows. But, you know, I, it's hard to sell bunk gear these days if the source and the brand is, is well known because people are going to find out that this stuff is bunk and they're going to call you out and they're going to stop using your product. So you won't last. So it's getting harder and harder to pull that off if you're a source and you're selling bunk gear. But I mean, hey, it's possible. It's still possible. Bad. It could be a bad batch. It could be, uh, you know, a lot of factors that, that are in play. So, yeah. So what do you think about this one, Rick? It's kind of a complicated one. It is. It is a, it is a, a quick part of a complicated one. It's just shit bunk. Um, get the test. Uh, test it at home. Those are available. Hit me up, rickyvrock.com. I might give you a lead on where to find one if you can't find it yourself. Um, have you done steroids before? What were your results before? What are your results now? Do you feel like you're in the sauce? Are you, are you eating enough? There are a lot of different factors. There's not a ton more I can add to everything Steve already said on this one, guys, to be honest. Uh, it's either fake. You can get a test. Now, the test will tell you if there's something in there. Not won't tell you the potency. So maybe you got low-dose stuff. But even with low-dose things, you should still be making better the natural gains. Even even at a low dose, maybe you you should, you know ten weeks in, maybe you should have gained 15, 20 pounds, but you've only gained five. But the guy is here describing no gains at all. What if what if you losing some body fat and gaining some muscle mass, and it's a net weight, right? I mean, all these things are 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 up for discussion here, right, Steve? So um, that's all I can add on that one. The last one is this for you, Rick. They want to know why is it so hard to start my own supplement company? Apparently he's saying that you can't find a vendor. You can't find a bank to work with. And so why don't you touch on this a little bit? It does seem like it's harder uh, to, to yeah, it's harder than ever now because um, it's harder than it's not. It's not hard because now uh, contract manufacturing and, and, and the minimums for manufacturing because of new technologies and different things are, are just are, are easier, more pleasant. Uh, labels cost less to, to make and, and manufacture. I mean, it's just a different world now. But it's regulation is hard around supplements. We're considered a high-risk industry because I'd say about 10 years ago, a bunch of uh, email marketers, a bunch of, uh, you know, Gary V style guys who, um, who do marketing, even though he says he's not a supplement guy, right? But they they were doing the these these uh buy one and then you get shipped to your house month after month and then you know people weren't getting what they what they thought they were they were sold a lot of bullshit so it it a lot of chargebacks a lot of people asking for refunds and it kind of ruined the industry really now it's very hard now to get a credit card uh to sell supplements you you've got to prove that you're not one of these guys that put people on reoccurring payments and that have a bunch of crazy promises and and just weird fucking landing pages and all that stuff you got to show you're not one of those guys that you're just a guy who's got a regular brand and you're not doing anything funny uh, even to even get a credit card and your own personal record has to be good everything from your credit 
to your to your the way you you manage your bank accounts because they want copies of that too you know they want to make sure that if you if you get yourself in some trouble and and they need uh and they need to get after you that you're at least keeping you know a good you know you're at least keeping some money in your, your fucking bank account they want to see that you you have to show it you can't you can't be you know living week to week and then go and take those bank statements over to a merchant if you get a merchant account it'll be ash rape pricing as far as processing they're almost partners at that point because they take it right off the top so you want to you know you, you want to have kind of that that part has become hard the process and especially some of the better more risque ingredients look i'm going through something right now um i'm having to remove knack from entogard because Seems like the FDA has a problem with it. It's only a matter of time before they get around to, to telling uh, everybody to stop making it. So I'm removing it from the product for the next run. Um, and, uh, and that's kind of what it is. But now I can't sell the product on, on Amazon.com because, because Amazon.com doesn't want it because it has knack. And it, it, was a good, uh, it was a good mover there. So... Just owning a business is hard. Fuck just being a supplement business. Even owning a business is hard. When I was a kid, I one of the ways I learned English was reading comic books. I really like comic books. And it got me inspired to, for physiques because I'd see all the superheroes had ideal physiques. The, you know, they drew some very jacked looking dudes, uh, these these Marvel comic book artists. And But I kind of stopped reading after a few years because... It just kind of didn't make sense to me that these guys were saving the planet every every magazine, and in different places, like the, the planet just didn't stay saved. It, it, it was always like they never got a break. It was always something, and um, I didn't I didn't even understand any until I had until I started my own business. So I started my own business, and and I realized it's just like these fucking comic books. There's something that comes up. I'd say about two to three times a year. It just looks like it's going to fuck everything up. And the more money that's in, on the table that's flowing through, the more often or the harder and or the higher the stakes on how these things happen. Because you get shaken down everywhere. It's local level, state level. Everybody's got their hand out. Department of Labor, everybody's got their hand out. And um, and it just owning a business is hard, Period. Starting a supplement company, look, manufacturing, making this stuff easy, processing the credit cards, very hard. Getting customers, not easy at all. If you're already somebody, if you already have a following, if people want to come out and see you for some reason, you may be able to draw their eyes over to some products that you believe in, that you're proud of, and you might, might get some sales. But um, if you're just going to start fresh cold turkey, just a supplement, I mean, look, you better be a good digital marketer, good copywriter, a good video newsletter producer, because it's never been harder than it is today to get people's attention, to maintain people's attention, and to just get someone to, to give you enough time for you to explain at a basic level how, how the supplement can benefit their program. The supplement industry is still huge. There are billions of dollars being made, but I feel like and the way it looks like it's it's every year it gets diluted more and more among more different brands and more different options for the consumer so unless you have a really good play as far as 
uh, bringing that customer base in from, from a good place and in good, steady, solid, reliable credit card processing where you have dialogue with your credit card processing bank, make sure there anything, any issues, you, you talk to them. If you want to launch a new product, if you if you make any changes to your website, you reach out to them, you say, is this okay? You, you make sure to stay with your compliancy. Um, you know, get on walmart.com, get on amazon.com, get on those platforms, uh, make sure you have all your social on point and, and make sure that you, if you're doing supplements, make sure you, you've, you've got someone or something or something behind that brand to make it special. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's easy and it's hard, you know what I mean? And now as far as manufacturing this stuff, man, there's so many manufacturing plants available that you, you can go visit them. That's what I do. Go visit them. Spend a couple of days there. You got to know what to what to look for, what to ask them, uh, how to look them up to see if they've been in trouble before. Do all of these things. And there are certain things that you I've learned to experience that you look for, certain red flags that you should be wary of. And and once you find someone you trust, man, they're, you know, they, they'll just make your stuff through someone. If, if that's your play, manufacturing your own stuff and you can stay compliant, then that's a whole, that's a whole thing. You know, there are guys that make $50,000, $100,000 helping plants stay compliant, like just, just coming in and helping someone set up a, in a compliant way because there's just so complex, all of the tiny little different rules that there are involved in manufacturing the supplements. So if you can get a manufacturer that's already ran that whole gauntlet of issues and work with them you 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 you've got a good chance uh, but you really need the people and you need to have products you believe in you know something and, and it should be that way you know there there's so many there's so many options out there to make money in so many different hobbies and niches that unless you really believe in what you're doing you shouldn't fucking do it do go do something else you believe in and if and if you believe in nothing then you got to you got to assess yourself and figure something out, but you, you don't do it unless you fucking believe in it. So it's the same with these products, man. Don't make supplements, make products that you believe will improve people's lives. Research them, get pilot runs made, try them on yourself, give them to your buddies. Do, you know, do it, you know, set up a little, a little mouse, mouse lap in your, in your house. It's not hard to weigh to weigh rodents. It's not hard to journal. All these little different things. A lot of stuff that you think it's very hard. It's not. It's not very complex at all, guys. You just fucking do it. Okay. So that's all, man. You, you got to just believe in what you're doing, and get the customers and and have a good name in front of the banks, in front of the fucking banks. Have a good name so that they'll trust you taking money out of people's credit cards, you know, under your name. You could always use Stripe, but Stripe will eventually drop you. You could use PayPal. You could use all of these plugins like, oh, I'm here today selling supplements tomorrow with them. But most likely than not, they'll always drop you. And and it could take a, a, a month or it could Why? take four years. Because it's it's already against their, their terms of service. You're already against their terms of service. As a matter of fact, when you go in there and you're trying to place what industry your company's in, when you're opening a Stripe account, you supplements is not there. You've got to fib a little bit and say you're something kind of something else related, nutrition, diet, something weird. So so, so bottom line, you, you know, you share a lot of this. Why, why are supplements so 
red flagged? Is it because they get a lot of chargebacks, or is it because um, a lot of because, people try to because, sell legal stuff and say um, their supplements? What? The, both, both of those, because a lot of uh, a lot of people went with like Doctor Oz ingredients and 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 very fancy sales funnels and reoccurring people, you know, charging people month after month for supplements that were getting shipped and people didn't didn't want anymore and blah 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 so a ton of chargebacks and also because enforcement action and issues over being the intermediary for people buying illegal items that, that weren't allowed you know you can't if you if you're selling SARMs getting a merchant account direct to sell SARMs is impossible you're doing you're fitting you're working the system to process it's just kind of you got to just it, it just comes with the territory you know it it so and and unfortunately, pro hormone SARMs, they, all of this they categorize as as supplements as nutrition. Uh, there are even some legal over the counter ingredients that you just won't be able to get a merchant account for um, anymore. Like even a stain. It's the main reason when you buy a stain nowadays, you got to go to your local supplement store because if you try to buy it online. There may be some places that still sell it because their merchant account doesn't know that they're, they are, but it's now it's it's against uh, uh, Visa MasterCard rules. Why? Because Arimistane is on a page on the FDA letter website of like ingredients that are that are being watched that are, that are not quite banned, but are also their concerns about them. So every ingredient, L-hordinine, every ingredient on that list now automatically becomes uh, something against these on MasterCard rules. And if you're processing direct on a, on a website, might, you might your time might, might be, might be counted. Now, if you want a store, you, you, and they're keeping it behind the counter and then, you know, just, just chirping it in much harder for, for the merchants to, to do anything about it. And those guys let get way less scrutiny. The guys that, that have stores because they have a physical location, they're there because when they are letting you process credit cards, um, via the internet and you're just sending paperwork in, uh, you know, via fax or whatever email, it's, it's, it's a lot easier for you to fool the system and fool them. But when you got a physical store, automatically you're in a different category, a diff different uh, rules for review, different type of scrutiny that, you, that, you know, that you get, you're, it's not, a, they're not as easy on you when you are pure online. Yeah, because because there's no, you know, they you could be someone trying to embezzle money, like they they don't want they want to put a location on you, you know, they want to know exactly what you're doing, they're you know that's why they want to check your bank accounts and stuff. They want to know is this guy trying to use us to embezzle money? Is this guy or, or selling or just selling stuff? selling hard drugs? You know, a lot of uh, hard drugs, a lot of uh, opiates and, and cannabinoids and hard drugs have been have been sold through through, through credit card systems and they're. Banks are now actively seeking those people out and trying to terminate their accounts and, and getting uh, and getting enforcement involved. It's something that banks weren't as actively trying to find guys selling drugs and selling shit through their through their systems, but now they're they're very very crazy about it. There's a bunch of of things that that in place, safeties in place that you go through, like. Nowadays, if you want to get a merchant account to process on a, on, a, on a website so that you can ship supplements out to people, you're going to have a visit. They're, they're third-party companies. Sometimes they have their own people that will drive out. They'll come to your location. And they want to see you. They want to talk to you. They want to see where you keep your products. They want to see where you pack them. They want to see where you ship them. They, 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 they're allowed to take pictures to take with them. 
um, and you get these visits and unless you pass this visit, you're not going to be allowed to, uh, to sell, to use, a, to have a credit card uh, to sell supplements. So there's a lot, there's a lot to, to, that goes on with it. And then again, and then after that, you've got to sell it because you can make a ton of supplements and not fucking sell a single damn one of them. I've seen a lot of guys like that. A lot of dudes that are, are, are not about the industry don't understand it, but they go and make a bunch of stuff and then they, they just sit on it. They, they're not able to move it. They're not able to, to, to really push it out. They don't have the following. The products aren't that great. They're cutting corners. They, they you know, they're, they're, their marketing wasn't where it needs to be. They're not working hard enough and the shit gets, gets left behind. It's, they get stuck with it. It's stuck with it. You should work as a, as a consultant for people trying to start. You know, one of the things is this, in my opinion, anyone that, has this knowledge is already owning and operating their own shop. I'd be, I'd be, I don't, I don't, I don't hire consultants. I actually talk to other business owners and try to steal some of their time um, and get gain information from them because I feel anybody that's fucking worth a damn is already doing it until maybe there's some guys that retire out of the industry. And they're like, you know, these are guys in their late 60s, 70s that are consultants. And they were in the industry their whole life. I'll believe a guy like that. Someone my age, a few years older, um, that maybe worked for one or two companies in the industry back then, and now they're going to come and consult me. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that, man. I don't know about that. But I talk to guys that are already doing it in the industry. I have, I'm friends with many of them on Facebook. I watch their lives. I reach out to them on, on private message. I try to get phone time with them. I have credibility with them already because I, I, I own my own my own company, I make content. So I have some credibility so that there's someone, I'm someone they'd want to speak to. And I just pick their fucking brain of how, how they're doing, what they're doing and what hurdles they ran across and get a lot of industry gossip about who did what with whom and who's got cases against them, who's indicted, who's got shit going on. I just, I just stay in the mix that way and, and, and learn it. But dude, I'm telling you guys out there, fuck these consultant things, man. Anybody that's, knows what they're doing they're more unless they're already retired they're most likely to not executing and doing it at a higher level so you've been there you're giving advice on this because you've been there right you're just All not some through. guy you're just not All some guy through. some guru from furu on twitter who's giving advice and wants to charge people for consultations so how do i get in touch with you if i want a consultation i only consult people on fitness i don't i don't help people with their businesses I don't. Buddy, you're going to help me start my own supplement company. Oh, but you're my boy. When we get off, I want to start my own supplement. I want to sell. I have ideas for my own supplement. (laughs) Everyone wants to start their own supplement company. Here's the, the, okay. Okay. Here's the first, (laughs) here's the first step to start your own supplement company. There is a book called the greatest salesman in the world. Um, The greatest salesman in the world. I'll follow it through the manuscripts, the practice, just do it all the way through. Um, audiobook is cool, but you should at least read it one time. And then you audiobook that shit once a year to refresh. You start off with that. Greatest salesman in the world. You start off with just that one thing. If you can do that, everything else will be a lot easier. If you can do the greatest salesman in the world, at least do, 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 do the, the practices in the book. If you can really do it, um, everything else will be, be way easier. If you can't don't if you can't manage that doing that if you can't get inspired because I have ADD it was incredibly hard for me the first time I did it. You down with ADD? Yeah, you know. Yeah, me. bro. So 
So I, I, forced myself, your I forced myself to sit there, to read it, to do it, to remember, play tricks, because being, you know, just kind of being broke, not owning some of my time, not owning my ideas, not owning and profiting from, from my initiatives, my ideas, it just kind of, and just, just making a little bit when, when, you know, the bosses will make everything that kind of just, it didn't, it didn't sit well with me. And, and I just, I just crammed that shit down. So if you could do that greatest salesman in the world, I think that's what the, then you're, you're good to go. Then uh, you, everything else will fall into place. You get a commission off every book that's sold of that. That's why you're mentioning it. I'm nah, just kidding. All right, guys, that, that sums it up. So yeah, guys. Yeah, um, <laughs> so what do you do but like the final thoughts on that if someone wants to start their own supplement company you think it's worth it to try it or you think fuck it just go do something else do whatever your passion is and if your passion is making supplements then do that if that's really your passion then do that uh the way look the way i got started in the supplement industry very very simple uh I was a kid um i worked since i was very very young i've been working since i was like 13 um, because, you know, we were immigrants. So it was a lot easier to, when you're an immigrant kid, it's a lot easier to find work opportunities, I think, than when you are an American child, like my opinion, because my kids are American and they, you know, they, they didn't start getting jobs until, you know, 17, my, my oldest one, of course. So, um, so I had money for supplements and, uh, and, you know, reading comic books, obviously the physique going to, uh, a school in a control rent environment where I was going there with kids that were, you know, sometimes single parent homes kind of angry and we'd have to fight, defend myself. I wanted to be in shape. And I seen obviously comic books, magic potions, guys get, get superpowers from taking shit. So I've always kind of been uh, curious about it. Always loved chemistry. One of my best subjects in school always was science. I could just remember things and, and loved every second of of every class in science. So um, as I got older, I used to always buy supplements, always be uh, Muscle Media 2000, Bill Phillips, Dan Duchesne, all the, just reading all that stuff, every single, from the first magazine that was on the stand until until uh, about the year 2000 something, I think when it would stop being printed, just loved everything about it. And then I, I get on EliteFitness.com and I start sharing some of the information that I've already acquired throughout the years. And the owner hit me up, said, look, I see you're at NY from your IP and from what you're talking about. I need somebody to come in and sell these supplements on the phone, man. So I went from being a kid going to GNC, buying supplements, ECA stack, researching stuff on T Nation, researching stuff on magazines, going to the library and picking up very specific books about training and about compounds and 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 herbs and just do not to now i'm actually director of sales and you know that was my first break um that was the first time that i went in for a job interview and um now um a lot of things happened but now 20 years later i own my own supplement company elite fitness the website i got started is still around you see my website is a sponsor there and um yeah, it's the first and only job interview. Like I just, that, I just well. loved it. I, I fucking love this. I love going to the gym, love chemistry, biochemistry. I mean, I just, how the body works. It, 
it helps me understand my own body and, and take care of my own health, guys. Like I'm in an industry where I'm not only understanding things about you, know, how the body works for the sake of work. I apply it on, on myself. And at 40, I'm fucking healthy. No prescription drugs, no pains, no nothing. I feel incredible. You're acing people at the tennis court. I'm everything. fucking kids up in jujitsu that come in. They think they're fucking, I'm beating motherfuckers so, up still. So let me kids ask you. my age, whooping the ass. So I'm just saying, man, you just, um, you got to. So what? So I, I went through that whole spiel to say this, man. You got to just be passionate about the fuck you do and, and whatever it is. And if you're passionate about fitness and about supplements and about helping people, because I like helping people. I like I'm, I'm one of those. I like I like answering questions. I like sharing my knowledge. I like seeing people progress. So if you got if you have all these traits, man, you know yourself, just find what it is that inspires you and do that shit every fucking day. We're we're at that juncture in 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 human development, in, in society development, that you can switch lanes. If your father had a bunch of money in a family business and you don't like that family business, you can go and do something else. The opportunities, even without their help, the opportunities and, and all the avenues are, are open up for you. The, you, you, you. You have the world's knowledge in a little phone in your pocket now. Like everything that human beings have come to learn, if you have patience and you get on that little fucking screen in your pocket and, and you look for it, you'll find it. So it's just do something you're passionate about. So if you're going to get into the supplement game, you're going to compete against guys like me. All right. You just heard all of that. If you're not passionate about being in, in nutrition and supplements and fitness, then don't do it. Cause you're competing against guys like me that are in it to fucking win it, you know, and that love it every single minute of it. So my old man worked, my old man worked hard. All they did was give him more work. I'm telling you, man, even so, so let me ask you this. We have like answer this question. What we have less than a minute. Answer this question. Why did GNC go bankrupt? Because business models change and evolve. So when you think about uh, um, competing against Amazon, Amazon changed the game and they're changing it again because now they're making. So Amazon pretty brand. much destroyed them. It's not just Amazon. It's a bunch of different things. Look at. OK, so look at you've been to GNC. Let's say today, today, today you go to GNC and then you go to. And then you go to your local supplement store. When I used to go to GNC, when I was a kid, the guys in there were fucking jacked. A lot of them look good. They were very good at hiring, you know, very athletic looking dudes. They had some issues, some lawsuits over, over, over time, over everything. And then after all of that, when I used to go in there, I'd see some, some kind of older guys and, and ladies and men that didn't really look like they trained. They had lab coats on though. You know, and, and they, they maybe uh, could resemble a doc, but they didn't resemble the jocks I used to see. And while that's all that's going on, a lot of these brands that make their stop at GNC before they hit the consumer, they started to go direct to consumer on Amazon. So you go to GNC or you go to some local supplement stores that suffered this too. And those brands that you were there to buy, you could just find on Amazon cheaper because the 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 brands, the manufacturers that used to have to rely on the stores as an outlet, as a way to reach customers, they found a way to actually, they made their brands popular at the store shelf, but then they circumvented the store, making a profit on them by using the popularity of the Amazon platform and the search engine that is the a product search engine that is the Amazon platform. So then you started to, to actually get some of these stores have less flow, less purchases uh, while they're still holding a product 
products on the shelf. And a lot of and a lot of websites, even like bodybuilding.com, one of the things they reacted to, they, they try to compete with Amazon on price. And you couldn't compete with the Amazon marketplace on price because you, when you were competing against the Amazon marketplace, you're competing directly against every single manufacturer and brand owner because they're going direct to consumer. You, you can't stop that. You can't fucking do that because you're just a middleman. If you're GNC, if you're vitamin shop, if you're display, you're middleman. And now you're, you're, you know, so you're competing with your consumer trying to get around you to get a better deal from the brands you're carrying. So that's kind of what, what, what ended up happening. So now the, the local supplement store today, the guys that survive, many guys, many local supplement stores that are doing well today bought that store, that location from somebody that had the old business model, just having popular brands on the shelf, make a little bit of money in the exchange and gone. Those guys got extinct by the Amazon marketplace business model because, though, like I said, those same brands were going direct to consumers, circumventing them. The new guys, when you go into the store, they have refrigerators with perishables. You can sign up to get meals delivered to your crib. You can actually have smoothies and acai bowls made for you right then and there. The people that are taking care of you are fucking jacked are good, you know, good looking, very healthy looking people that know their shit, know about bodybuilding. They're paid well too. You, you, they'll track your progress. You can, you know, they'll have a little place on the side with, with, with something that measures body fat. You basically have now like a little fitness consulting hub now that you walk into it's got service attached to it and that's the only way you can compete against amazon because amazon can't do all of that yet you know and then those guys those stores they also then when they approach a brand like mines they're like listen if we will carry your brand on our shelf that we're paying a bunch of rent for to get foot traffic into but you can't fucking go in undercut us on amazon you can't circumvent us with coupon codes you can't you know you can't go on social now after you know we help you putting you on our shelves you can't go on social now and drop a a 40% off code and a free t-shirt and a free shaker you don't can't fucking do that to us and, and they get upset when you do things like that because they're they 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 want that exclusivity they want those boutique brands in there and then when the people come in they're preparing their juice they're, they're helping them with their with all their training, the some of them sell fucking sauce and sarms right in the spot. Some of them sell steroids if you get friendly enough with them. They'll, you, they'll, they'll have them for you, okay? So this is the only way that some of these local stores have been able to survive against the, the powerful Amazon marketplace. And GNC, unfortunately, their business model, it's that old school business model. Look at Toys R Us, right? It's kind of that more old schoolish business model. And and it's and it's so hard. It's so hard to compete against the marketplace where all of those popular brands are going direct to consumer. All right, that sums it up, guys. This is episode three nine nine. We'll have to have another discussion on this in the future. Rick has a lot to say about it. We'll talk to you guys next <laughs> week. Take care. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.